love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. Were all Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. It is another bittersweet victory Monday. A comprehensive 33-17 win over the high-scoring Dolphins is spoiled by yet another season-ending injury. We'll unpack the injury, the game, and then look ahead to how this is going to impact us for the rest of the season. I'm Gareth Ellis, and I'm joined, yet again, by Najikawa. Hello, everyone. And Paul Hope. Sakaruni, baby! <laughs> oh, Jimmy G. The poor guy just cannot get a break. He finally looks like the QB we've been waiting for. He puts together his best run of performances, probably of his career, and then he's out for yet another season. Uh, Paul, you've been a big Jimmy G fan. What what can you say about uh, the loss of Jimmy for the season? Yeah, the mood was pretty sombre, I believe, in the dressing room afterwards. Uh, Trent Williams gave quite a, a good speech to the media. And me and Nadji were talking off air. It was just like you said it perfectly there, Jimmy. It's just, that's the biggest knock on him, has been the injuries, has been the availability, and it's shown why we've tried to replace him. And it's bittersweet because he was playing some of the best football of his career. I feel absolutely gutted for Neil Watson, who went out for the Texans game last year and Trey started. He's due out for the Cardinals game this year, and I had my fingers crossed he was going to see his hero in action. He's going to have to make do with Mr. Relevant now, which we'll get onto <laughs> later, but... Like you said, Gareth, it's not how we wanted Jimmy's career in San Francisco to end. We were all very bullish about him riding off into the sunset, number six in the cabinet, going to that new deal, big deal in New York, possibly. And now we're back to, I mean, Friday, I even seen some talk about, do we trade Trey? Is Jimmy coming back? And I'd like to think, Gareth, it puts an end to that kind of conversation because the only way I can see Jimmy coming back is on an even more team-friendly deal as a backup as what he did this year. And I was gutted when he went down. As soon as he went down, I knew. I, I thought it was the high ankle sprain, which was going to be the six to eight weeks, but broken bones in the body. I mean, I know a few people think Nadji's got it in for, for number 10. And to be fair, Nadji, you've been very positive with your critique of Jimmy recently. So how did you feel? when you saw number 10 get carted into the locker room? I didn't feel great, didn't feel great. He, he was playing the best football uh, of his life recently. Um, and it almost made us forget about that part of his game that we were slamming him over for, you know, the, the reason we got Trey really is because of his availability has been so up and down over the years and has, has literally cost us seasons, uh, you know, 2020, 2018. And then seeing this happen, I think everybody, that's what that's what we thought. It's like, here we go again. Another season that's, that might start going downhill because because he's, he's hurt again. And on the, on the play, you could have avoided. I think, I think we also should have just thrown that ball in the dirt or hit the sack instead of trying to scramble. Uh, but it is part of the game. It is what it is. And uh, yeah, as you said, Gareth, I feel for the guy. He's just he just cannot catch a break. Every time he just gets hit a little awkwardly, it's it's a big injury. And I almost feel like the hit he took last week may have weakened his ankle, which may have led to this. Yeah, it's just here we are again. Um, fortunately, and uh, we'll get on to uh, to Mister Two Sixty Two. Uh, in a second, it, it went well for us on Sunday, but yeah, it's just two starting QBs were losing. It hurts a little bit more than than usual. Um, hopefully, we can we can have the fairy tale and we can have our hopes not too too low and and carry on in the season because we're on a high. We're probably the best team in the NFC, and uh, the Eagles might have a word with that. But yeah, um, it's a shame. Uh, but it's Jimmy. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm just a little bit annoyed and and but but future is bright so let's let's talk about it what do you think Gareth? yeah I, I just huge sympathy for the guy i mean yeah. particularly next week it's it's the buccaneers it was going to be brady versus garoppolo oh, yeah. um, you, you can't tell me he wouldn't have been looking forward to a little bit of extra spice on that game i yeah. think in looking in the long term looking perhaps for for what jimmy's going to do maybe afterwards of course it's it's recency bias what people will remember, maybe looking at Jimmy, hopefully he will recover quickly and, and looking at him in the off-season is that they will look at the last sort of five games that he's played in this season rather than, say, some of the games he was churning out last season. 
And I think this season he's he's increased his stock. I think there's a lot of people who went a different way with the quarterback in the off-season last year uh, or, or this off-season just gone and are potentially now regretting maybe not yeah. taking a little bit more of a punt on Jimmy. Uh, I know he had the shoulder injury. Um, but but you know the Steelers came to mind um, instantly, and obviously they went for Trubisky, which has probably not worked out for them. So I, I'm hopeful for for Jimmy's sake that there's there's going to be a good market for him, uh, and that he's going to recover well from the foot injury. And when people look at his recent tape, they're going to see the best of Jimmy. Uh, and and you know, good luck to him. I just hope he can re- rehab quickly. Um, and let's face it, we're going to see Jimmy on the sidelines. I think within maybe two or three weeks, depends yeah. when he's allowed to. Even even this week, it's just a broken bone, isn't it? So quick surgery, quick play, put a boot on, and you can be on the sideline. It's no ligament. You it's, you know. It, it's, and I think that. Yeah. That, that's going to count for something. It's not like Jimmy yeah. was was traded before the deadline and he's gone. He he can still be around the building. He can still be in the meeting room with with the other quarterbacks. He can still be on the sidelines. He can still be on the locker room, uh, and he can still provide some of that leadership. I think to uh, to the rest of the squad and and some continuity and and some support for his uh, backup or his replacement or the backup backup. So backup. Yeah. <laughs> so I think onto the game, and there is only one place to start. And Mr. Brock Purdy, the last overall pick of the 2022 draft, entered the game in the first quarter and confidently guided the offense to victory. There were some mistakes, but there were also some pretty clutch plays under some severe pressure from the strong Dolphins D line. Uh, Naji, unpack Mr. Purdy's performance for us. What a performance! What a performance by Brock Purdy. I was on a Purdy train. Long ago, when Trey got hurt and <laughs> didn't play well at all, um, um, some of you may remember the uh, the hashtag Start Brock, um, and I, I was really impressed. I, obviously, the Start Brock thing was a bit of a tongue in cheek, and I kind of, I just, I really liked the way he showed himself in the preseason. Obviously, that was preseason; doesn't really tell you the whole story. But I really liked his demeanor, and people can go back and listen to. To previous pods, and I just, I just like the way he was handling himself in the pocket, in the game, outside of it, and his play. And it wasn't all perfect. We remember it for a bad pick, but it was just um, not, not this one, not this game. I, you know, um, but it was just, um, I just, you know, the eye, the eye test we always talk about. It looked like a quarterback, an NFL quarterback on the field from day one to me, and uh, expectations weren't high at all. But yeah, when he went in. And he's managed to put to string a drive together, some clutch third down that even Jimmy, I don't think, has had this year with pressure in his face, threading the needle to Kittle to Debo. Yeah, it was really, really impressive. I'm massively excited. We'll see. It's one game, but you can imagine the nerves, the butterflies in his belly when he had when he got the news that he had to play. Luckily, he was at home, uh, but we were down seven to nothing. You know, seven to three, I think it was mm. the guts to be able to, you know, get on the field, not make any mistakes. Because I think we'll talk about the pick. I don't think I don't have a problem with down fourth down and whatever. Um, slinging the ball to CMC and to Kill and to Debo and to Ayuk, making plays, making third down, converting, and essentially running the offense almost as well as Jimmy has, apart from a few mishaps. Uh, yeah, massively impressed. Um, I am fully on the board of the Purdy Express. I'm driving a full speed and I'm stopping for no one. And mm-hmm. uh, it's going to take us straight to Arizona to the Super Bowl. Cool. Well, I was going to say, Gareth, before I got that in, the people who listened to the show were aware that Nadji got off at the last stop. He bought a single ticket for the Jimmy G. And like we said... In Brock, we trust with Nadji <laughs> fully behind that express pulling the uh, the choo-choo on the Brock Express. But for me, Gareth, like Nadji said, they got to temper expectations. I mean, you look around the league, Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick. He was forced interaction. And I'll be the first to admit, I was sat at home thinking, oh, God, we're seven to three down. The Dolphins had started electric that first 10-second play. And then Jimmy goes out injured. Um I did say at Nadji off air, I was impressed with the Discord group. The positivity yeah. was quite obvious in there, where yeah, maybe as we've seen in the past, Gareth, where something like this goes wrong and everyone's like, oh, the season's over. But 
it just shows Kyle Shanahan for me. He came into this with a game plan and he decided to stick to it. He let Brock throw the ball 37 times. He kind of said to McDaniel, my system beats your system, no matter with who, isn't it, QB? And I liked what Nadji said. I liked that he came in. He had that confidence. He had that presence. He seemed to be in control of the huddle. And I mean, if you're going to pick a starting lineup to come into when you've got Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, and they all helped him in certain parts. There was the plate of Kittle, there was Debo, there was McCaffrey. And I'm smiling, Gareth, because people are noticing our bold predictions and they're listening to what we say. And when it comes right on Sunday, you think, are they listening to us in Santa Clara? Is, is, this, is this what I'm thinking? But, I mean, he went for 210 yards. At this point, Nadji, you have been fully behind it. But I'm in a group chat with uh, Brett Sinclair, Lee, Martin and a few others from the Candlestick Inn. And when Jimmy went down, Brett did drop a message in the group saying, Brock Purdy's winning this game and he's thrown for three touchdowns. So he was very close to his bold prediction. So I did say I would give him a shout out on the pod because he's fairly new to listen to the pod. But (laughs) it just goes to show you the positivity, Gareth, that we've got in the group. And for me, I'm fully enjoying today. Yes, Jimmy went down injured, but this was the most impressive win of the season for me. All the talk before Raheem Mostar, the Dolphins fans. I, I did a pre-game show on Sunday with a Dolphins fan. He was saying, I'll check in on you at midnight because you'll be crying into your beer and the Dolphins are smashing yours. We owned the Dolphins on Sunday night and we will get onto the defence. But what did you make of Mr. Relevant? Because that's his new name, Gareth. <laughs> well, I think there's, there's a few things, really. The first is the offense didn't miss a beat. Yeah. When he came in, there there wasn't any sort of seemed to be confusion. He was able to communicate the plays. I think for possibly maybe the first game, maybe I've got this wrong, but I don't think we had a single full start penalty. And that's again, that's the sort of thing new quarterback comes in. That's the kind of thing that that might happen if there's a little bit of uncertainty. And and that's not all on Brock. I think the the rest of the offense clearly rallied around him and realised they were going to need to to bring their A games. But the confidence, the swagger, the the passes, I mean, I watched the, the, the game back in 40. There's the one, it's just before his interception. He's, he's not so much flushed from the pocket as the pocket never even exists. And he gets it out and he's on the run and he throws it right easily catchable by Jennings I think it was on, on the sideline yeah, yeah. and, and we get we get four yards on or six yards I think on third and four and he and he set himself up for that for that fourth down which which unfortunately as you've said the interception um it's a strange one the interception was better than an incomplete pass yeah, on fourth yeah, yeah. Down. so um, there we go it was uh he had to make the throw he was under pressure it didn't quite quite make it there and and I think it was Howard wasn't he made a made a good play on it got a, yeah. a good position but there was the little screen passes out to McCaffrey. There, as you said, he threaded the needle to uh, Debo, I think, on the third down. He had quite a long completion to Kittle. I was looking at the player thinking, you know, this this isn't a rookie. He's I know he had a, a long career. Didn't he play all four years, I think? Yeah, he did, yeah. So what's that? That's going to be close to 60 games, 55 games, something like that. in the 12 games a season, so 48. 48, well, and, and bowl games, I guess. Plus bowl games, yeah. Yeah, so, so 50. 50 uh, games. He looked confident. He looked well drilled. Uh, we talked about the, the quarterback's coach, uh, Greasy. Obviously, he's going to have been working with Brock over the last uh, 13 weeks, um, let alone the, the off-season. We've seen the improvement he's made to Jimmy's game. Uh, he just came in. I was just so impressed with the, with the preparation, the poise, and not only that, but the ability to get the passes in and the ability to shrug off the pressure. The ability he shrugged off the interception. He shrugged off. There were a couple of poor passes. There was one I certainly remember to Ayuk that uh, landed about two yards in front of Ayuk. And again, he just shrugs. You rock your helmet from side to side and you forget about it. That's that's such an underrated skill for a quarterback. I'm I, I'm gutted about Jimmy, but that instantly turned for the rest of the game into into some confidence uh, and some excitement about what we're going to see. We, we, we've got to temper the expectations. As as we've, we've talked about, there's been other players who come in, like Nick Mullins came in, started, played a very good game, played yeah. some very good games, then seemed to lose his way a little bit. There's going to be some lumps and bumps, but I am certainly not writing off the season or our uh, hopes in any shape or form 
because Jimmy's gone down. And that's that's a lot based off one game. But I think what we saw there wasn't a bit of luck. It wasn't just a long throw. It wasn't against a, a weak team. He, he didn't come in when we were 30 points up, that sort of thing. He went out there, he operated the offence and he won the game for us. Um, and I'm, yeah, yeah this, to, me, to me, this is the biggest thing. Is just, as I think, as you said, we didn't miss a beat. And it, the bad wasn't even that bad. Just a couple of timeouts because, mm. you know, the verbiage and the, the clock management isn't quite there. There's a sack he took, I think, is clearly a rookie mistake at one point when he is panned to his right. And he should have just climbed the pocket and he, ha- he probably had the first down just running. That kind of thing. That's just You just look at it and you're like, yep, he's a rookie. You can, yeah, you can tell. And not hair-pulling plays where you're like, ah, but he's a rookie, it's okay. None of that. It was just little, little things. And as he came in with, with four points down. And he leads us to two touchdowns and and then keeps us alive on top of that in, in the second half when the, the Dolphins tried to make a comeback. It was just, yeah, it was just solid. It looked like he's been playing in the NFL for for years. And uh, the fact that he can run the offense is, is all I need to see. Um, he's going to get a full week of practice to start on getting that chemistry of a Carol with Ayuk because obviously he, he was third, you know, second, second string, third string. The guy isn't, is nowhere near the amount of snaps um, the first stringers are getting and he's playing a scout team and he's playing that kind of thing against, against the defense. So give him a bit of time and a bit more time with all those receivers and maybe the a bit more of the playbook and who knows, he, he might be the new Tom Brady. Just to correct you there, Nadji, He's been playing against the best defense in the NFL. For the yeah, last yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if you don't yeah. take my word for it, gents, Fred Warner came out and said to the press, of course, he looks all right. He's been playing against us in practice for 13 <laughs> yeah. weeks. So, and like you said, Gareth, um, that throw to Debo, I was talking to Nadji before you joined us. Like you said, he threaded that and it was unbelievable. But There's even the one the one to CMC that CMC dropped in the end zone just before his touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think it was on first down, maybe on second down. Yeah, um, well. It's between three defenders, and he's got the guts to throw it, and it's in a perfect position for CMC to grab it, and he doesn't. if CMC doesn't catch it, no one else does. That's the kind of thing you don't see rookies do. And even the high-talented, high-pick rookie like Trevor Lawrence or... I've seen far worse plays and I'm not saying it's not going to happen because obviously he's a seventh rounder and there's a lot more football to be played but I'm looking ahead and I don't really see a defense that can that was better than what the Dolphins had on offer especially the secondary they were really really good um so uh, yeah I'm very excited to see what what's happening but I will temper my you know excitement when when thing goes wrong there's a reason for it I think but not not that I saw on, on Sunday. It was amazing, absolutely amazing display. I think an important thing is for the for the locker room to get behind him, as I'm sure they will. I think there's there was obviously there was a lot of uh, uh, people a little bit down uh, for for Jimmy because we know how popular he is. But I think they've got to believe in him, uh, and surely after that game. They've got to be thinking. Well, hang on, no, our, our season's not gone just because yeah. the, the quarterback's gone down. We we didn't think the season was gone when Trey Lance went down, so we don't think the season should be gone when when Brock's gone down. Uh, and we've talked about before. We we never need Jimmy to be Mahomes or 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 anyone else. We just need a guy who can operate the offense, get the ball out on time, and avoid costly mistakes. And that's all we wanted from Jimmy. And Brock showed that he can come in and, and do that, at least in one game. I Hopefully, the guy can play without any fear. He's had the chance. He, he was sitting there during the draft, possibly thinking he's going to go undrafted, possibly thinking he's not even going to get picked up on a practice squad, possibly, I don't know, looking at the Canadian Football League or the XFL or something like that. And suddenly, here he is, uh, QB1 of a playoff team. Hopefully, he can play without uh, any fear at all. And think everyone's going to expect me to be really quite terrible. So anything other than that, and I'm onto a winner here. Uh, and that's 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 an attitude that could could take him certainly through to the rest of the season. Do you yeah, know what it, else he did it. well as well, Gareth? Go on Remember, in. Jimmy is elite at QB sneak. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he kind really of nice. bounced off and then he still got it so okay. I thought hey yeah. Brock Purdy's got that in his locker sorry I, yeah, just, the, I had that in my notes to mention that's, that that was again another that's good what, yeah the effort's there the, the demeanor's there the, yeah he was he was amazing 
Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. He's, you know, he's a seventh rounder, so his rookie contract isn't five years like first rounders. Essentially, that's his addition to the NFL. The 49ers have got Trey Lance, and that's probably who we're going to go for next year. This is his time to show all, all the 31 teams that he, he could be a starting quarterback, and, mm-hmm. and they'll have to come and get him when this season is done. And it's his job to put us in a in the decision that that's going to give us six months of talking Brock or Trey um, and we're going to get fed up of talking about that but that's his job right now and first step is definitely achieved and an interesting uh, little Brock Purdy fact that I picked up from social media over the last 24 hours apparently he's a fan of large timepieces have you seen this? no I did clock Brock apparently oh right <laughs> big clock Brock <laughs> So that's the mm. hashtag that Nadji and someone else in the Discord Gary, was Gary trying Parks, to get yeah, me yeah. to drop last night. So <laughs> well researched that, Gareth, because I was Ooh. a bit dubious of dropping the hashtag <laughs> they were wanting me to drop. There we go. Big, big clock block. There big we go. Big clock block. Uh, but nice. he did have good support from those around him. Uh, where where do you want to start? Paul, kick us off. Who, who, was, uh, who stood out in the Brock Purdy uh, sideshow? Well, we talked about it in the preview show where we said we were going to go a lot run heavy. And a lot of people thought Christian McCaffrey was going to be featured in the run game. And the backs averaged 4.2 yards a carry. But I hope you gents agree with me. McCaffrey did the bulk of his damage as a receiver. And that safety valve element that he gave Jimmy, he gave to Brock Purdy. And and like you said, Gareth, I mean, on Angie, the first pass in the end zone that McCaffrey dropped... That was so unlike McCaffrey, but yeah. it didn't phase him. I mean, it, it was strange. Jordan Mason looked quite good, but then only it got is. eight carries, um, which was still more than Mostar and Wilson on the other side, which we'll get to. Um, but for me, it wasn't one person, Gareth. The whole team seemed to rally around him. And I'm, apologies if I'm going to steal anyone's thunder, but Debo Samuel, you know, that one where he went backwards and it looked like he had eight of them and wow. he ducked under him. That was, for me, that was like the George Kittle Saints moment. And yeah. if he'd escaped from that last man, he was to the house. George Kittle, you mentioned it, Gareth, that that throw, Kittle helped him out. And I'd like to think that the whole offence demonstrated to us what we've been crying out for for years. We never wanted a Patrick Mahomes Superman running around. We never wanted one running back. We wanted to see this offence. And Kyle Shanahan, Possibly to answer your question a different way, I was impressed with Kyle Shanahan's play mm. calling. I was impressed with his aggressiveness. Like he, he was going for it on fourth down, those two challenges he called for. So I think Kyle Shanahan deserves a lot of the credit for giving his third-choice QB the support and cast to be successful. Is that fair to say, Nadji? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's where I was going to go. I was going to try and <laughs> make this uh, spin move and talk about Kyle and none of the offensive players. But yeah, I I think that's ultimately that's who helped Brock the most is, is Kyle. He's, he called a really, really good game and him and his staff were absolutely on point on those two in completion because it, this, I think the, the second one to Gesicki was quite obvious. Uh, it was just the TV angle wasn't great, but I think everybody else in the stadium, Chris, he was on his shoulder and he never really had control. But the one to Sherfield, he, he he brought that down uh, very very fast, and it, that wasn't very clear. Uh, we'll we'll give kudos to Mooney Ward on that one for disrupting the pass. But yeah, Kyle was was on point yesterday. Some play call that fourth down where with the bootleg is uh, he, he juked everyone. Everybody thought we were going to give it to CMC, and Bami goes to Kittle almost wide open and then Kittle does the rest. Masterful. As I called, he needed to be, you know, I called Belichick beating his old coaches. And that's what, you, that's what Kyle's been doing. He does that to McVeigh, he's done that to Lafleur, and now he's doing it to McDaniel. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, definitely outclassed him yesterday. That, that's the Kyle we want to see, dialed in, calling the right player at the right time. Obviously, you have to execute. Maybe he always calls the right player at the right time. But the execution was there, and he trusted the player to execute those plays. Uh, masterful, masterful. Um, CMC, yeah, had a good game. Where do you, where, where do you go, Gareth? Difficult to, uh, difficult to choose really. After certainly CMC stood out. Uh, he's he's being a little bit of more of a workhorse than perhaps we we wanted. Elijah uh, Mitchell he, missing, isn't it? So he, exactly. I thought um, again, Mason came in. He seems to do well. Then we, he does seem to to disappear. 
uh, not through his own fault, but obviously from the uh, play calling, not getting the carries. Uh, I, I do have a, a slight feeling that Shanahan is just wants to keep him a little bit hidden. And he's still a little bit reluctant to let him go, maybe until we get to the playoffs, uh, because he's he's just he angry runner. Yes. He just goes through. He's that guy who's getting those extra two or three yards every time after after you think he should be stopped and falls forward. Uh, I'm 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 pleased with what I'm seeing from there. Jennings, again, a couple of good catches. Uh, always putting himself about. Ayuk, uh, I think there was a lot of guys who had what three four catches. So Purdy certainly sprayed the ball around. He didn't. There was, uh, I think, possibly a risk that we might have seen him go to maybe some of those those second choice players. I mean, Tyler Croft had a good catch. I thought he may go back to that familiar, the guys he's uh, with the second stringers, um, but not at all. He's he's picking out Debo. He seems to know where Debo is. There was a couple of miscommunications, I think, with with Ayuk where perhaps it was either a poor throw or or it wasn't quite where uh, they. Uh, Purdy expected him to be, but I thought the the offense uh, was was one of our certainly one of our better games this this season. We do seem to be growing in into the season. Shanahan does seem to be getting into his play play calling with them, uh, and to do that with with a rookie quarterback coming in in the first quarter and and to stick with it, uh, that's that's a good sign. I think that is our best performance from the offense, uh, all things considered. Um, unfortunately. Purdy was put under quite a lot of pressure early in the game. Obviously, rookie quarterback, you're you're going to send the house after him. Uh, wasn't helped by some pass rushers getting a fairly free run at him uh, more than once. Is this something to uh, be concerned about? Or do you think this is more uh, simply McDaniel was in a position to recognise our offensive formations and identify where there would be an opportunity for that extra runner? where he knows the offensive assignments and says, if you can run from this position, none of these guys have got the job to pick you up. Yeah, I think it's two things. A, we know Jimmy, and obviously having a, a rookie first starter, uh, bringing pressure is probably a good idea to try and disrupt what they're trying to do. They don't have that many reads, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think the game plan was probably sound. We've lost a lot of game by people bringing pressure on Jimmy and, and daring him to throw. Um, the problem is it wasn't Jimmy for long, even though Jimmy was all right on his first drive. And Brock Purdy just handled the blitz pretty well and got rid of mm-hmm. the ball quite fast, mostly because his first read was almost always open due to amazing play calling and play design by Kyle, but also because he recognized it and threw into it. I just, um, yeah, there's also the fact I think McDaniel did know our online scheming, and there was a couple of times, but he was bringing always an extra man so that means you drop one less uh, he was always bringing six when we were leaving five bringing seven when we had the running back blocking so you're gonna have a free rusher um but it, it's a very very dangerous tactic if you don't get home if you don't get pressure if you don't get into passing lane and getting your hands up um because it leaves your secondary which i think they try to rely on uh on an island and uh, as good as Xavier Howard and Javon Holland now they just couldn't match Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and CMC out of the backfield and Juice, who had a very good game uh, in it through the air. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those tactics that if it works, it's flashy and it, it, it can turn games around really fast. But if it doesn't and your quarterback picks you apart, it, you, you're, you're going to die very slowly because it's just too easy. It's pitch and catch every time. Um, and I thought McDaniel, although he had a good plan, should have pivoted way sooner. And uh, and I think the, the inexperience here, our head coach, on having a, a secondary plan when the, the first one doesn't work, uh, didn't didn't come in fast enough for them to to be competitive. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a combination of everything and the fact that Brock uh, played really well and played it well. But yeah, McGlinchey, again, he's not a patch protector. We, we know that. He's, he's, a, he's a run blocker. But can we stop talking about Maglinchi pass protecting? He can't do it. <laughs> we know that. If he, if he could catch the ball, Maglinchi should maybe think about tight end. Yeah, yeah. Much. Well, I was just going to say, Gareth, before when we were talking about Kyle Shanahan and this linked into your question with the offensive line, some of it to me came down to tidiness as well. We ran 34 more players than the Dolphins and we talked about keeping the Dolphins' offence off the field and we did well there. I mean, 
the quarterbacks were sacked four times, but you alluded to earlier, Nadji, that some of them, there was two. I can remember Brock Purdy escaped the pocket and he turned the wrong way. And he was just yeah. faced by two Dolphins pass rushes and he was, and he did well not to panic in that situation. Um, for me, it seemed to be, Gareth, that when we were running the ball, the offensive line seemed to struggle a little bit. It was kind of either feast or famine. They either yeah. were well, we've talked about before that cohesiveness and that movement. And like you said, on the night, we've won 33-17. It wasn't a massive problem. But you've got to give them kudos. This is the third QB that they've had to prepare for now. And again, with the receivers, we all talked about Ayuk with that chemistry with Trey Lance. Then he seamlessly moved to Jimmy G. And like you said, Gareth, that one to Ayuk when it was like wide open. It just seemed to sail at his feet. I thought, oh, God, here we go. But other than that, I thought the offensive line were all right. The one I think spectacular, and I suppose if you're not talking about anyone in particular on that line... The funny one for me was when McCaffrey could have scored and he ran into the back of Trent Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, just made me laugh (laughs) because of all the people on the line. And when you want it back again, he just runs into the back of him. So, Been there, done that. It's it's annoying. (laughs) It's very annoying. I think he should should have jumped on his back and uh, be piggybacked in. uh, And they might have to split the touchdown down down the middle. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So should we uh, move over to the defensive side? Uh, should we? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I was just gonna mention Robbie Gold because it's points in its offense. But I know you wanted to do this at the end. No, Sorry, no, yeah. no. Give, give, give Robbie your love. Yeah, I mean, it was clutch yesterday. I, I think how many? When was the last time we had a games where you don't really want to watch the field goal because it's it's so important. Every single one was massive. You know, the the one to get us to within four points and the one to put us 13 ahead. And then the one, especially the last one, to put us to score uh, when they had the ball back and then they made the choice to go with Skylar Thompson. Because if he doesn't make that one, two hours in, and mm-hmm. they're bombing it downfield to try and, and tie the game. It's just, it was absolutely clutch. And no, no easy ones. You know, 46, 47, 48 yards. It's not, it's not chip shots. And uh, he was dead on, dead center every single time. Good as gold. And, uh, and thank you. Thank you for the service mm-hmm. once again. Yeah, we haven't mentioned his name much this year. And he's been, uh, he's been clutch. So mm-hmm. uh, I, thought, I thought I'll drop his name here. I think it's it's getting closer that McLeod big kickoff return. Yeah, he's getting it's, close. It looks like it's, it's so getting close. closer, doesn't it? Yeah. So close every time. Always, especially when you see those end zone shots and you're just like, oh, he's he's one missed tackle from from going all the way. Yeah, he's gonna break one. He's gonna break. I believe in him. So over to the defensive side, and after being called out by Kyle Shanahan, but more importantly by Naji Kawar, Nick Bosa <laughs> had a big game. Uh, three sacks, yeah. tackles for loss, and a forced fumble to ice it. Uh, Naji, has he has he reached your uh, exacting standards yet? Yes, finally. This is what I wanted from Nick Bossa all along, all along. Not just he had three and the force fumble and the tackle for loss. Every single sack was massive, absolutely gigantic. Stopped a, a potential field goal tying scenario by pushing them back and putting them in a bad situation. And then the last one with the peg that just seals the game, uh, the fumble, sorry, that seals the game. Um, and the one... I was on on third down, two two massive first down and, mm. and the fumble. It's just clutch. Uh, just when you want him to to make the play, he's there to make the play. That's what I've been calling for. This is what I want to see from him. And now that he's done it, I can say safely say, because um, it's not just me saying it. I think I was listening to the around the NFL podcast on Thursday. You know the preview show they do, and they would they were talking about potential defensive MVP and they talk about you know the Raiders guy uh, Crosby and they talk about Micah Parson and they call they talk about TJ Watt and not a single word about uh, about Bosa which is which is what I'm getting out he's not in the minds of people because he's been good but not exceptional and uh and I think he's, he's back on a radar and he's probably right shot up at the at the top of the line I think Parsons probably right there but now he's in a conversation to be an all pro at the pro Bowl level and and the dpoi uh, conversation and this is this is what i wanted to see for so long and he's finally done it on the get on the day that we actually needed it as well because we had brock and and when the defense balls like that it's a, it's a lot easier but yeah finally thank you mr bossa thank you cool is he uh reached your standard <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm fully on board that the nick bossa hype trail i think 
what Nadji forgets, and it's quite interesting, Nadji, to get a few tweets tagging you in it. Nick Bosa actually won the NFC Defensive Player of the Month for November, Gareth. He did, yeah. And we were actually calling for that standard to be up there, but he's got the same number of sacks as he had last month already. And it wasn't just the sacks, as Nadji said. He had four quarterback hits. He had two tackles for a loss. And that last play, when he hits Tua and pops the ball out for Greenlaw, like you said, Nadji, this was the game that you wanted him in the biggest game of the season so far. We had a lot of heat, Gareth, coming in. Oh, we didn't play well against the Chiefs. The Chiefs took him out of the equation. Um, he's the better Bosa for me. There was a lot of talk. Joy is possibly better. I think that's been stamped out now. He's obviously top of the sack leaderboard. He's on course to break Alden Smith's record. And again, tick off one of the bold predictions we made at the start. If he <laughs> continues on this pace. So, for me... I'm doing the celebration. I've put the tweet out there. Nick Borsa demonstrated the Nadji's high standards. And if you're going to reach Nadji's high standards, Gareth, you meet <laughs> my high standards. What about yourself? Was there any room for improvement? Uh, I mean, hopefully, yes. But I, I don't much, I don't know what we can ask much more of him, really. Uh, I, I said it, I think, when, when Nadji had his, his slight edge of, of criticism, I think, on both. So I was I was saying how relentless he was. And I think what's perhaps come up is that he's maybe saving those couple of moves, those, those little stunts where he waits, they blitzes and he comes round and finds the gap. I think maybe he's timing those a little bit better and thinking, no, I don't need to do this. This is first down, the first quarter. I'm just going to try and wear down these these tackles and guards. And I'm going to wait until that's third and 12 in the third quarter. Uh, and and as you said, make those uh, uh, big plays count when it really, really matters. So maybe he's just getting a little bit of that timing uh, um, better uh, and making the impact that we want to see. But let's let's see him do that every game for the uh, for the rest of the season and into the postseason, uh, so. because yeah, he's a he's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, he, he he stood up. I think um, I think he also uh, let Mr. Shanahan know um, what he <laughs> thought of being called out. So I assume by extension that was to you as well, Nadji. Yeah, I got a text so, after the game. He wasn't did, did he you, wasn't happy. Yeah, I must admit when I saw Nick Borster at the press conference, I wish I had Photoshop skills where I could have edited. Kyle Shanahan's name for Nadji's. But I think, Gareth, when Jeff Wilson requested a trade, I don't think lining him up to face Nick Bosa is what he had in mind when he went to Miami. <laughs> and when you watch the game back, there's one of the sacks where he just bulldozes Jeff Wilson and you think, welcome to the NFL, Mr. Wilson. Running back isn't all as glamorous as you feel. And I did think that was one thing for me is the Dolphins trying to block Nick Bosa with a tight end and with a running back. Yeah. It isn't going to work. They just... He, they just try to rely on on two as quick release, but the, I think the secondary would played really well, and the, the zone was there, and two clearly had an off day. So, but yeah, no, he sent me a text saying he wasn't happy, but I, in return, gave him the first ever Discord Game Fred MVP award, uh, which wow. which is a new feature that I've introduced. It's, it's as as a bit of fun on on the Discord Game Fred, uh, Game Day Fred, and. Um, he was okay with it, so uh, no. so so that's uh, the same. But I I want to also mention and the uh, the secondary did a really good job. But you know, big player, big games, big moments. I've always said that, and none bigger man than big ninety one Ari Kamstead. I think having him back in the lineup is what probably has spurred Bosa to be able to do this. It's, it's, we've missed him so much. Mm. It looked so much easier for Omenihu and Ebukam, which was so very close to Gerard Kopal as well, to be able... It's, it's such a disruptive force of the middle and the penetrations there when when, I, when Armstead is in. And I thought he would miss a bit because he hasn't played for so long and he'd be a bit rusty and a bit... Uh, the stamina and, and the game speed not quite there yet. But it was, it was right on point. Um, and so glad he's back. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy and his feet are fine. Um, and because we we're gonna need it. Welcome back, Eric. The impact he had, Nadji, forced the Dolphins to abandon the run game, even yeah, yeah. when Tua wasn't Absolutely. playing very well. Um, yeah. And like you said, it, he's been missed because before Gareth, when he was missing, teams were just running on us and converting that third down. But he was huge. And like you said, Nadji, it freed up. You know, it freed up Hufanga, it freed up Warner, it freed up Borsa. So the defence, Gareth, just gets better and better. We could spend two hours going on about the defence. But I did think Nadji was going to tip a nod to Fred Warner 
who yet again put get in, in there. Get in there. I just um, I wanted to talk about the bad first. I think Ofanga again showed a couple of uh, that jumping on the waddle in route that allowed Harry Kill behind him for the big touchdown. That's the kind of thing he's going to have to learn. But unfortunately, somebody like Ed Reed was very prone to do that kind of thing. He was just such a trying to make the big play. He would always allow a big touchdown or something. And I think that's what we're going to have to go to get with Funga, is that sometimes he's just going to whiff because on the other side, he's, he's getting for that big play, the big changing play. Um, and then Gibson and Warner on the first play of the game, slightly off, not quite ready to play the game. And then Sheffield... Uh, broke that one but I think overall uh, on the bad side I think they did a masterful job once again Tyreek Hill got 100 and whatever yard go touchdown blah 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 but ultimately just like Cooper Cup did like, just like D-Hop did it didn't matter it didn't change the game it was always at a time where we were comfortable and uh, I think that's the strength of this defense the delay you have a little bit of things but when it comes to the big dinner they'll just take it away from you and that's just that's just you can't really quantify this and uh, and and then the big play just happens whenever whenever you need it well it's the bend but not break mentality isn't it you said then actually they had two plays for 120 yards and two touchdowns but it wasn't in the red zone gareth so a lot mm. of people on the discord and the facebook group chat you had to point out they went to the red zone once and we held them for a field goal that they weren't running on us and like you said they had 43 other players for a combined 188 yards with four turnovers which tells the story of its own game. And like you said, Nadji, I'm glad you mentioned the Hufanga because since you've told me to look out for it, as soon as that play went, I thought Hufanga's bit on that. Mm. And then the other player where I saw a lot of people mourning about Mooney Ward, I thought Ward's done the right job there. He was expecting safety help behind him. Then you don't want to be chasing Tyree Killdown. As soon as I saw that ball come out, I thought this is in for a touchdown. But nobody panicked. We all stayed calm. Yeah, and I think uh, certainly the the first play, I think the hats off really need to go to to Sherfield for the angle that he took. There were a lot of players around him, and a lot of players would have caught that ball and headed straight downfield and and maybe got five yards before being bundled over. But it was the angle. I think he realised the whole defence was moving one way, and he just moved across them. And suddenly, he's close to them, but behind them, and, and and he's he's got the separation, so uh, it made the defense I think look bad. But I think some of the the credit on that really has got to go to Sherfield for the angle that he picked, which wasn't the, perhaps the natural angle to run downfield. It was he he ran away from the momentum of the of the defending players and uh, and made them look bad. But yeah, I think that was uh, it was right on 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 Fanga, but perhaps better now when it doesn't matter. And there's a nice bit of tape for there. Uh, and that, that's going to be something that I think sits in the back of his mind. Yeah. Um, and you can see, you can see the, the Michael Ryan's on the sideline talking to him after the play. And mm. ex- you can tell there's an exchange in the fungus. It's just nodding and knowing that something, he did something wrong and he's, he's learning this. Is, I, I really like that image of the two of them on the sideline talking after, after the big play. And as you say, I think he's a second-year player, right? He's, he's, mm. he's going to do this. He's going to learn. He's going to grow. And, and that's just going to make him a better player in the future. Um, yeah, not much bad. Um, Jimmy Ward, should we, should we talk about him? Yeah, I know I'm, I'm nope. mentioning him now. What's going on? Where, what's Super this? Jimmy Ward. Super Jimmy Ward. What a pick. That was that was pretty impressive. Um, uh, and, and over the back of uh, Jeff Wilson as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah another yeah, highlight absolutely. reel for Jeff Wilson to forget. No, to I be know, fair, yeah. Everyone's been waiting for you to mention this. Uh, yeah. It was an amazing play. I think Hoff has been teaching him well. Clearly, there's, <laughs> there's a, you know, iron sharpens iron, uh, as they say. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, credit where credit is due. That's an amazing, amazing place. He reads it really, really well and jumps the route, literally jumps the route. Full extent Superman mode. Uh, I still prefer the Superman Fred Warner play, but... That, that's that's cool pictures right there. If they could have done that thing they did with the Giants going around, uh, you know, like the I don't know if you saw you guys saw that they did this like 3D panning of the Giants huddle a few weeks back. If they could do that with that play, that would be pretty Matrix-like. It'd, pretty, it'd be pretty amazing. Um, yeah, no, he played well, um, but I think it was again it was a secondary effort. Uh, you know, Moody Ward got burnt on that touchdown, but he was expecting help over the top. It's one of those kind of things that they're they're a very good unit. Those five guys and Lenore stepped up as well. I thought he was a little bit hit and miss again, 
but he's, he's I think he's getting better, which is which is what we want to see. Um, but yeah, those five guys, Gibson, Lenore, Ward, Off, and, and Mooney Ward are just they just do they're just really good all together. And you put Fred in there that draws by every now and then, or Greenlaw, which was amazing in a passing game as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah, amazing stuff. Rally to the ball, make the tackle when the guy catches it. Because how many times we saw Tyree Kill catch the ball and he had two guys on his back straight away? Don't let him accelerate after he's caught it, which is what's dangerous, isn't it? Um, he's going to catch ball, but as, as, if you make the tackle and then you keep them to field goal or, or turn the ball over, mm-hmm. then that's a good recipe for, uh, for for success. There was something I wanted to mention about Greenlaw Gareth, which mm-hmm. does show Santa Clara do listen to us. That play, Nadji, when he wrapped Tyreek Hill up on the sideline and he lifted him up, he so yeah. wanted to body slam him. And <laughs> no, I thought, did, no, yeah. no, not, not another <laughs> penalty, Dre. And he kind of put him down, Gareth, and patted him on the head and thought, team game first. But again, yeah, Greenlaw, start of the season, we were talking about possibly could be his last season. Did we want to renew him? He got the contract yeah. extension. He led the team, eight tackles and that recovery at the end where he scooped the ball up and then he's looking around and he even admitted himself he didn't know whether it was a dead ball or not and he ran it in and it proved you right Gareth you have been calling for a defensive score mm-hmm. so I yeah. was leaping around my front room was happy that we'd scored but I said to Tracy Gareth's got his bold prediction he called the defensive <laughs> touchdown so there you go buddy yeah, yeah, it was honestly, my it was my MVP. Uh, it was good to see uh, Diomodor Lenore get his interception. I th- I think he's earned that. Um, I th- I think you're right. He's been set up to say, don't let these good wide receivers get past you. you know, we're not going to put you on an island with them. We're not going to expect you to stick someone like Tyreek Hill in your pocket. Just make sure you stay with, keep Tyreek in front of you, and if the ball comes his way, make sure he doesn't get anything else. And that's your job. Don't worry about anything else. It's somebody else's job to bother the quarterback. Uh, it's somebody else's bo- job to cover other people. You make sure that you don't let this guy get past you. And he's a good open field tackler. Uh, and I think there was a, a little bit of a element of luck with his interception, but there usually yeah. is, isn't there? So yeah. he was on the ball. He was on the focus. Uh, I'd love to have seen him uh, uh, take it all the way to the house, but we, we can't be too greedy, uh, <laughs> can we? I don't think. Uh, anything else on the on the defensive side? Well, I was impressed that Fred Warner half proved me right, Nadji. We'll go in the middle. I did call for a Fred <laughs> Warner interception. It's not my fault, Gareth, that Mike pulled Tua out because Tua had already given three away. But I had said he's, he's due a big game, Fred, and I was glad to see him get that. Yes, it was a rookie QB that kind of given up at that point. But we talked in the previous show about the turnover battle, and it's nice to see that we won. It's nice to see the defence kept going right until the end which sometimes the danger of switching off. So I had to get yeah. that one in, Gareth. You got your defensive score. I got Fred Warner and Nadji called Brock Purdy Bean the next <laughs> superstar QB. So no, but you said oh. you, you said the word that I think that was the most important to me um, during this matchup was the turnover battle. And you could see that if you if you take those three turnovers, four turnovers away, if the last one is a bit of a you know, throw away the ball kind of thing. But if you take the the three very important ones that clearly changed the game away, it's a very different game. Even though Brock played played really well, even though the defense played relatively well, apart from, you know, in both sides of sacks and and not allowing any kind of run game at all. If we don't get those turnover, I'm not sure we win this game. So, you know, oh, it's very, very close and it's a field goal at the end or it's, you know, 24-23, something like that. Um, so, yeah, it was very crucial that we won that battle and I had all the faith our defense would do it and, boy, did they do it, 4-1. to one. It's a 4-0. to zero. Did we turn the ball over? I don't even think we did. Yeah, one, yeah, one, one broke interception. Oh yeah, broke. Oh, that's not. That's a. That's the shortest punch you'll see this year. That's that's mm. what it is. That's but the count. um, it's the first time Gareth that we'd forced four turnovers in a game since week 12, 2020 against the Rams. And like you really? said, Nadji. Yeah. yeah. So that was something that I looked up. And one thing, our streak has ended. El Presidente's luck ran out. They scored in the second half. And Nadji joked on earlier about Nick Bosa texting him a couple of weeks ago, Nadji, that wouldn't have flew. But given the footage that <laughs> Lee Gowland has posted, people might yeah. actually think we have got that kind of, uh, you know, Lee text no, me on Saturday night, Gareth. And he said, Spit down to a... Kyle, spit down to John. You know, that happens on a weekly basis. No, I, yeah, um, definitely. Don't don't worry, people. Lee will tell us all about his tribulation and, and trips. 
uh, I'm sure when when Lee asks him about what he what he thinks about the O line, it'll it'll go on about Sosarito or some somewhere he's been and meeting Chad York and all that. Uh, you'll you'll hear about it for years to come. Don't worry, people. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's all I was going to say. The background, Gareth, was Lee texted me at half ten on Saturday night and he said, you asked for some footage, buddy, to post on the Twitter account. Tracy looked at me at half ten on Saturday night. And when the picture come through of Lee stood next to Jed York, I thought, what more can this man do? <laughs> the draft pick in Vegas, the two weeks he's had in uh, the Bay Area. And then, like you said, Nadji, you joked about Nick Bosa texting you, but after Lee dropped that, it wouldn't surprise me if he does come back with his... We might not be even on his phone anymore, Gareth. We no, might I don't try and ring Mr. Gowland Do, and he just you, ignores us. You mean us. His, assi- his assistant's phone and he doesn't have yeah. a phone anymore. His, uh, his PA is, is who we deal with nowadays, so yeah. Yeah, it'll be uh, somebody at 49ers.com that we have to contact now to uh, to get a, an appointment to speak to Lee, I think. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but Bosa texted me obviously because of the, the three sacks that I uh, predicted for him, as well as the three defensive turnovers which Fred ruined by getting that fourth. Yeah, he did. <laughs> obviously, but I, I'll uh, I'll take that. Didn't get the three TDs for Debo, no. but uh, there we go. Close enough. So with uh, with Jimmy Dunn, how are you feeling about the last five games of the season? There has been a little bit of despondency, I think, with a few people taking a. Uh, uh, a pessimistic view. Uh, are you on the uh, pessimistic or the optimistic side? Optimistic side. I, I look at I look at the defense we're playing. I, that, that because that's what it boils to is can Brock and this offense actually function against the defense we we've got coming up um, until the end of the season. The playoffs are going to be a different story, but we'll get to that and we'll have more of a sample size of what Brock can do to judge where he can go and be at. But the Bucks don't particularly have a very good defense. The Raiders are kind of hit and miss. They've got a very good pass rush, but I'm sure we can neutralize that with our yard bros. Uh, the Cardinals are not very good at all. Uh, the Commanders are being pr- playing pretty well, um, but I, I wouldn't say their defense is elite. Uh, who else are we playing? I'm missing one more. The, um, the team in Seattle. Oh, the Seahawks will have a terrible defense. I almost lost against the Rams and without anybody but Jalen Ramsey and and I don't even know who they're throwing it to at this point, 2-2 Atwell or something like that. So um, what's what I mean, the, the defense we're playing on, on elite, there's no game that we have to win either. I think if we, if we I think all we need to do is win two games and we'll be fine. So we win against the Bucks, we win against the Seahawks and then the rest can be holiday time and vacation for Brock Purdy to get better and get prepared for the playoffs. For me, Gareth, it was always going to be carried by this defence. And again, as 49ers fans, we're very bullish. We have our red and gold, rose-tinted glasses. But we spent all week last week hearing how great this Miami Dolphins offence is. Top five unit. And our defence put a masterclass on. And like Nadji said, the offences that we've got to face in the next few weeks don't particularly worry me. So for me, I'm all aboard the optimistic hype train. What about yourself, buddy? Are you joining me and Nadji on the hype train on this side? Um, absolutely. I, I'm still optimistic. We knew this season was going to be made made or, or broken by, by the defence. That hasn't changed with Jimmy out. We knew all we wanted from Jimmy was, was clean games, avoid the turnovers, operate the offence. What we've seen, it's a small sample size, but we've seen that Brock can at least do that. It's it's not beyond him whether he can do it consistently, yeah. um, but let's face it. Uh, for a lot of this season, Jimmy's only done it consistently for two, maybe three quarters of the game. If we can get the same from Brock, that's that's all we're asking for. I think the offense is beginning to heat up a little bit. I think some of the the experienced players, Debo Kittle and others, will potentially rally around. Maybe go that little bit of a, a, an extra mile, take a little bit more accountability. Uh, without Jimmy there. Uh, and Brock maybe gives us a little bit of an X factor. Everybody knew what Jimmy could do. There's no tape on Brock Purdy. Oh, well, there's, there's four quarters of tape now. Uh, how are people going to prepare for them? I imagine a lot of people would have thought, oh, rookie quarterback, bring the pressure. They've just seen that the Dolphins tried that and he stared it down. And, and it might be exaggerating a little bit, but he sliced them apart. Uh, when they tried to bring too much pressure. So suddenly there's a little bit of an X factor there that that we don't know how Brock's going to play, but neither does any defensive coordinator either. So, so I'm still optimistic. I, I, yeah. I don't think, any, uh, I don't feel any differently, I think, about the rest of the season going forward um, than, than I did before the start of the game. Najee? He might even have facets of his game that we don't know about. 
that we're going to watch against the Bucks and he might run for 150 yards. We don't know if he can do it or not at this level. He used to run quite well when he was at Iowa State and he had the ability to extend plays and make things happen. That's kind of what it was. He never really gave up and it cost him some games when he was there. But we don't know. He could be absolutely even better than what he showed, you know, on, on the game where you're like, hey, here you go, kiddo, go and play some football now with the nerves, the butterflies, the, you know, the atmosphere is not used to, all, all that thing. Next week is going to be totally different and uh, fingers crossed you can at least replicate what he did. But yeah, who knows? Who knows what he's mm-hmm. going to bring it to us? And as I said, this could be the start of his legacy. We could be turning around in January, February and saying, right, we don't need Trey. We've got Brock Purdy. Let's sign this guy to a big contract. And he's actually, he's actually better than what Trey might even ever be and can try Trey away and uh, you know I'm getting out of but we don't know we don't know where this could go and it's it's really exciting and really uh, really interesting and we're in a good position for it Mm, that's a dream that's a dream but yeah we're we're in a good position for it at eight and four so what he's saying is is you've got your 13 jersey ordered and if anybody else wants to jump on that (laughs) order with Nadji just hit him up in his dms make sure you put for the Brock express train but all, all jokes aside there was one player we forgot about was when McDaniel sent the house after um, Purdy and he just dumped it off to CMC. And I think you're right, Nancy. I think there's little facets of that game where he recognised that, got it out straight away. And I think Kyle, is with his experience with, with Jimmy Gareth, and it might be a bit of a backhanded compliment, he had to basically really scheme it for Jimmy. Mm. And I think he's going to do that for Brock Purdy. And the future is bright as it stands. If we win out, my Lees, I think Nadji's 13-4 and four prediction at the start of the season... I actually had the ball prediction that Brock Purdy would lead us to more win than Jimmy, which means if we win out, it'll be on equal footing. We just have to win the first playoff game to do that. Um, Because Jimmy's won six games, games, seven games. Yeah, Trey Trey didn't win one. Oh, yeah, seven games. And El Presidente did drop in the group chat, though, that he did say Brock Purdy would throw the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. He did remind us of that earlier. And I know he's back on the show later in the week, but I don't think he'd forgive us. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of him because if I ever do get out with Santa Clara, I'm going with Lee. And I think there's about 50 (laughs) other people in the group who are saying the same thing. So to be fair, Lee did call that as well. But no, Gareth, I think people listening can see the positivity, the optimistic is there. And there's one thing we haven't said on this show. Victory Monday, boys. Victory Monday. Monday. We uh, we have signed uh, Josh Johnson, the inevitable Josh Johnson, to go with uh, the Dante Johnson in the Johnson suite at the uh, at Santa Clara. Uh, There was a little bit of talk now that a Baker Mayfield has been released. Um, How many ways could we say, please God, no, not Baker Mayfield? I mean. I know people don't like him. I used to watch him when he was playing Oklahoma, and I think he he was very good back then. I know he didn't really transition really well, but he did bring the Browns to to play off uh, football one time. I think Kyle's offense being QB friendly could really work. I think Baker's got the same kind of attitude that Brock has as this fighter in them, the the winning mentality. I don't like all the drama, the glory, the the diva attitude. But if we can sign him and stash him on the practice squad because it's the NFL, it's football. If Brock Purdy gets hurt, you never know what's going to happen. I, I don't really have a problem with it. Just a question of money and business and all that. I'd rather not, but also he's, he's, I think he's a better backup than, than Josh Johnson. I wouldn't bring him to replace Brock Purdy, if that's the question. I would rather mm. stay away from him. Uh, but if we can bring him and stash him and he can learn the ropes and he might be successful under that kind of that kind of offense. There's one problem with that solution, Nadji. Nick Bosa would be going up against him in practice. And I think Gareth would <laughs> see a lot of the flag waving. And I don't know whether Baker would ever take the practice field. All jokes aside, I just had to get that in. I'm not sure um, Nick Bosa would be as welcoming to Baker. But like you said, Nadji, I think they'll look at it. They'll kick the tires on it. Um Josh Johnson is a viable backup. I heard a few cheeky rumours, Gareth, that Brissett, now Watson's back in. Could mm. Brissett be one that we look at? Because obviously Deshaun Watson's fully installed. But it wouldn't be a 49ers fan journey if we weren't talking about quarterbacks, Gareth. And <laughs> as you said earlier, 
you can see the off-season now when we're the Super Bowl winning champions. Do we need Trey? Do we need Brock? So on that note, let's just enjoy this moment and see what QB controversy we have in the future. Yeah, certainly it's a it's a no to Baker for me under any circumstances. I mean, let's face it, the uh, the Panthers are, are, are binning him and don't even try and want to get a draft pick for him. Um, he, ca- he can't learn the playbook in any time to help this season. All he can do is be disruptive in the locker room. So, no. OK, thanks, lads, for the chat on the game. Uh, a quick public service uh, announcement regarding the Super Bowl meetup. I don't think the details are fully known to any of us at the moment. I know a few people have been asking the questions. Uh, bear with us. I think there will be something happening. Um, but there are a few uh, options and a few things being discussed. Uh, but we know people would like to uh, to make some plans for February as soon as they can. So as soon as we can arrange something, we will let you all know. But we are we are on the case. Rest assured, we are on the case. Yeah, we'll we'll stick a pause in the group. Like you said, Gareth, it's getting to that stage of the season where it's nice people are reaching out. But yeah, if you bear with us, like you've said there, buddy, we'll stick a pause on the group and we'll we'll get something started. Great stuff. So thanks for joining me, gents. And thanks to everyone who listens to the show. Uh, Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment and share wherever you get your podcasts. uh, If that's not beginning to sound like white noise after the uh, 300th show. Uh, We will be back later in the week to look ahead to the visit of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to Levi's. And maybe we might have enough time to squeeze in a short update from Gold Chain Gowland himself. Until then, go Niners. Go Niners. Niners. The San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.